0: Hey guys, this is Brittany Joy Fountain. I am the founder and chief humanity officer for Brick Joy & Co. And this is the Nitty Britty Podcast. This is the podcast where we go all in on the most important and basic details of a well-executed, well-nurtured workplace culture. These are the details that no one wants to get into because, well, humans are a mess. But you know what? That is my sweet spot. Because it's in that nitty-gritty where we find the transformation that we need and the transformation that we want. So if you're ready, let's get into it. Y'all, this is episode 11. I am so happy that you're here. And today I want to talk about a quote that is often used and misused and reused again. And it makes me cringe and laugh and roll my eyes and everything in between. And I'm sure that you've heard it too. When we know better, we do better. God, that is just not true. I mean, when we know better, we have the opportunity to do better. But to say, when you know better, you do better, that sort of infers that it's a reflexive action, right? And it is not. There is so much nuance in between. I'm going to say a lot of us grew up in the same kind of house, you know, the house where because I said so was used. It was used often and without any further explanation because I said so. And this is what they called authoritarian parenting. You do and behave like whatever I say, because I'm the adult and you're the child and conversation's over. Y'all, there was no conversation. But in the 80s, the authoritarian parenting train was the hottest ticket in town. If you were not on this, you either didn't care about your kids or you were weak. Neither of which is true. You know that, I know that, but it's worth clarifying, right? So like most things in our personal world, authoritarian parenting bled over into the professional world. Decisions were made, policies were put in place, Inner circles were fortified, and there was, well, largely no explanation to the workforce. And if we're honest, there wasn't clear reasoning to the ones who were making those decisions either. This is just how we do it, so deal with it. And employers would take that, and they would wield their power over their employees. And the employees, just like children who learn to navigate and survive their authoritarian parents, largely just kept it moving. And it worked, ish, for a while. Now, this could easily segue into the debate that we have with Gen Z in the workplace and what they are and what they are not willing to tolerate. And are they different than the generations that came before? Now, I'm not fully gonna go there, but I will let you know that at my core, I think that Gen Z is really not any different than the other generations that have come before. I think the big change is, is that we now have access to real-time information it's a higher transparency of seeing how decisions are being made and the real-time impact that they're having and gen z because they've had access to this information for more of their life than we have respectively they're willing to speak on it in ways that previous generations weren't all right back to do as i say let's do an imagination exercise i know stick with me it'll be fine If you can, close your eyes. Now, if you are driving, do not dare close your eyes because, y'all, I cannot take more reckless drivers on these streets. If you are driving, I need you to be wide-eyed and alert. You can pause me. If you are of the age where you need to turn down the radio so that you can park correctly, pause me. Come back. We'll be fine. But if you can, safely close your eyes and imagine that there is a tidal wave and it is taking aim at a city center We're talking skylines, apartment buildings, parks, sidewalks, the whole shebang. And this wave is a post-pandemic tsunami loaded with flexible work hours, work from home options, data on mental health in the workplace, data on happiness, increased social anxieties, systematic injustices, on and on and on. The city center is built on authoritarian parenting. Y'all, that city center is not going to make it. It is too rigid to bear the weight of the information tsunami that's coming. That is how I visualize what is happening right now in the workplace. And in my mind, the tsunami hits. And what happens? Well, not everything in the city center, which would be the organizations that we speak of, have crumbled, but it has certainly exposed the gaps. With the new data, the weighted shift from power over became power to. In a parenting style, we'd say the shift is from authoritarian to authoritative. And that is the space that we stand in today. The space where many organizations are grappling with and the whole world is watching and waiting and asking the questions, well, what will they do Now that they know, now that they know, do they do better? If you're listening to this podcast, I imagine you're thinking, yes, of course, I want my organization to do better. Now that we know better, now that we have all of this information about what is missing in our personal lives and how that's integrated with the business and the success that we share together, I want to do better. But where do I start? Thank you for asking. I will give you four ways that you can start integrating practices into place so that you can start to do better. Number one, invite dialogue. This not only gives employees shared ownership in a position, but it's an opportunity to explore the ethos of the people and see if maybe there's a better way, either for the topic at hand or just creating trust so that we can have dialogue continue for future decisions. Number two, Keep a posture of open hands versus closed fists. I think of this a lot when I say I'm a palm tree, meaning I have great root systems. It's not gonna uproot me when a storm comes, but a palm tree bends from the top, right? So when I think about open hands, that gives the same effect. Closed fists would leave you rigid. And in practice, that just means that you wanna be curious to unlearning and relearning and the possibility that what you've done or said in the past, it might just be wrong. Number three, get comfortable explaining your decisions, your perspectives, your policies. You know, Simon Sinek is right. It starts with why, but who, what, and how, even if we don't fully know, are all invited to this party. And look, you might've done one through three really well. You might've invited dialogue. You've kept a posture of open hands and you've been comfortable explaining your decisions. And then it's perfectly acceptable to end with, And this is the decision that's been made. I hope you will commit wholly to bringing success to this mission. That is perfectly fine. And number four, and this one's a favorite, and you'll know why as soon as I say it. But focus on human connection. Y'all, with that tsunami of data, we have also learned that human connection is the root on this proverbial solution tree. It sounds too simple to be true, but so does diet and exercise and We all know, as hard as we want to reject it, it's a fact. So is human connection. And yes, it's both inconvenient and it's new to a lot of leaders and organizations. Remember, they were the authoritarian parent. So bring in folks who can bring focus and ease and make it a priority. (laughs) Me. (coughs) Like me. (laughs) Look. I'm not the only one, but for certain, that is a big focus of what I do. So now that you know better, what will you do? All right, that's it for episode 11 on the nitty-britty. Y'all, I am thrilled that you're here, and I hope now that we know a little bit better, we can start to do a little bit better I would love to hear from you. You can connect with me on any of the socials at Brittany Joy Fountain or directly on my website at www.britjoy.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Nitty Britty. Until next time.